The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And football is here. It's come. It showed up. It happened. It was thrilling. It was, I don't know if it met, met expectations. It was something. It was here. And the Chiefs whipped up on the Houston Texans 34-20 to in the 2020 NFL Season opener to recap it as we will every Thursday, every Monday, and absolutely every Sunday night. Joining me are John Breach from his uh, household, his abode in Nashville, Tennessee, and Ryan Wilson, who's been thrown out of his house by his wife and has rented a small four-by-four room with a cot in Stamford, Connecticut. We call it a studio. (laughs) You are actually uh, on CBS Sports HQ, which for those that don't know, and you should, it's our 24-7 streaming sports network, fantastic content, excellent up-to-the-minute analysis, player news conferences, uh, br- gambling information. If you're not watching it, it's free. Go check it out. You can see Wilson recap the games, all the games, the NFL games on Sunday night with Eric Casillas there in our studio in Stanford, Connecticut. We will have, I'm sure Pete Prisco will be on. I might be on at halftime of the Sunday games. I'm sure I'll find out like five minutes before if I'm supposed to be on, uh, but I did it every week last year. Always a good time. And uh, John Breach is constantly peppering the airwaves over there. So go check it out. If in the event that we have a show, we will let you know. If we ever get a show on CBS Sports HQ, we'll tell you. And then you can help us double up, uh, you know, whoever's ratings might have been in the previous slot. Anyway, football happened. 34-20 Breach did um, – Give me a, you know, give me a grade. I don't know, one to ten scale. How did it meet your expectations? Were you a little disappointed? Was it just enough? Were you happy to have football back? Where, where, where did it fall for you? Well, first of all, I hope Andy Reid had a chauffeur drive him home because that mask was he wearing was so foggy. I don't know how he did anything. I don't know how he was calling plays. How do you feel if you're the Texans defense that Andy Reid was basically blinded by his mask and the chief, the Chiefs still put up 34 points? I would give it, Brinson. A solid 10. Is 10 the highest or is 10 the lowest? Well, we With sort of you, I never on, know. You have these weird scoring systems. Just, we operate I, I, on the spinal tap grading scale, so you can go up to 11. All right. Then I am going to go with a 20-34 because that's how many points the Chiefs scored. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was great to finally watch football. Uh, and, you know, there was all this, I think, for the past week, everyone – 
all we were talking about was there's no preseason. This is going to be a sloppy game. Everything's going to be ugly. Pass is going to be overthrown. No chemistry with receivers and quarterbacks, especially in Houston, uh, where we did see a little bit. But, you know, Sean Watson got off to a hot start. But I actually thought it was a pretty solid football game, all things considered. So I give it a 10 slash 34. I would push, oh, sorry, I was just saying I'd push back a little bit. Like, I think it was kind of sloppy. I mean, but here's the thing. How, how different was it this week one than every other week one the last 20 years? Not, not much. Um, it felt a little perhaps cleaner. Now, part of that maybe is, is the crowd not affecting the, I think there are only six flags in this game. So yeah. maybe that's less of an effect. Maybe six the, flags. Roger, yeah. So maybe Roger Goodell said, don't throw the flags. Maybe Cleet, uh, Cleet, uh, what's his name? Blakeman? Cleet Blakeman. Didn't want to take his mask off, so he's like, "Yeah, let's not throw flags." Or maybe Six Flags bought a sponsorship for the game, and the league agreed to only throw Six Flags. They didn't because yeah. this is the first time I hear about Six Flags. They yeah, you know, amusement parks are very popular right now. It's in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> They've got lots of cash to spend because people, fair, have been, people have been hanging out all summer at Six Flags over Georgia, uh, riding the vomit coaster and what. Regis Serial Killer Park is killing it this year, <laughs> but every every other park is not. All right, so look, uh, there are a couple of things that we can dive into for each team, but I think it would be remiss if we didn't start with the star of the show. Actually, we'll point out too, by the way, Chiefs minus nine and a half won pretty easily. If you were the contrarian douchebag who thinks you're smart by taking the Texans because nobody wins an eight, eight point spread in the last five years, like me, you lost your face. The, the, the Texans, the Texans had a chance to cover a couple times and it felt like they were going to steal it through the back door. It really did. You didn't think so? I think after the first quarter, it was, that game felt like it was over. Well, you, you weren't wagering on it. So you didn't, you weren't, That's you true. weren't, you weren't thinking like, cause if you had the Chiefs minus nine and a half, when the Texans scored that first garbage time touchdown and then before they missed a two point conversion, you're like, Oh my God, if they get this two point conversion. Yeah. Going to stop. They're just going to go down and score a touchdown. Um, the over 53 and a half, which is the closing number, and this is kind of interesting, the over 53 and a half hit, but the opening under a 56 hit, that's sort of a nightmare for, for Vegas as, as bad as, it, as bad as things can be for Vegas in the sense that if you took the initial under and then when the line crashed, it fell all the way down to 52 and a half on, on Thursday afternoon, you could have gotten a nice little window and hit both bets. And it only happened because Andy Reid was hell bent on scoring. He kept running Clyde over to Lair into the, into the goal line and then finally kicked a uh, Harrison Bucker field goal. 10 straight games for Kansas City where they have now covered. The last time they failed to cover Ryan was the Super Bowl. No, they wrong. Covered. I know the answer because I live in Nashville, Tennessee and that's, that's where the true. game happened. Right. Also, Patrick also, Mahomes. Also Ryan, I don't know if you know this. The Super Bowl was not 10 games ago. <laughs> Maybe Jeff before I did. I was going to make a postseason games don't count joke, but fair enough. Uh, that's right. Breach is correct. It was uh, week 10 against the Tennessee Titans when, um, they pulled out that miracle win and that was a oh, long field goal involved. AJ Brown sort of took over 35 32. That was Mahomes' first game back from injury. Uh, and obviously the Chiefs were favoring that game and they lost. But I will say if you did, Bet the over at 53 and a half. The man you should be thinking that the over hit is, uh, Armani Watts. Yes. He recovered the onside kick, returned it inside Houston's 20. If he had just fallen on it, the Chiefs probably just run out the clock. There's no more points. Well, I don't even know that they run out the clock because Edwards Alaire broke a run for a first down that set up the goal line attempts. So like, in fact, if you have Chiefs minus nine and a half, you also want to thank Armani Watts. 
Cause if he, if he just drops down, I don't think Andy Reid's passing the ball there. I think they're running it with Clyde Edwards Hilaire three times. I think once Armani Watts broke that, it sort of finished off Houston's hopes of trying to like have a, a well, miracle cover. Exactly. So if he goes down and, and I know this is completely hypothetical. If he goes down, I don't think the Chiefs throw it at all, as you just huh? said. So and, and, and the Texans, and the Texans, Texans two timeouts plus the two minute warning. Yeah. So you're down thirty one to twenty. The Chiefs punt. The Texans get the ball back, and then they could go down and just kick a field goal as quickly as possible because that would cut the lead to one score and while also paid. covering the spread. So it, it Armani Watts, you're the man of the the unsung hero of the over under. It also goes to show why like betting NFL is just betting sports in general is just <laughs> stupid. It's like like like. If you had the Chiefs, you had the right number, and you eventually won, I think. The Texans came out and scored first. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, top fantasy performer, 26 points. Sean Watson had 22. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 19. And uh, David Johnson had 16. The crowd, 15,895. They were pretty loud. Hey, let me ask you this, because I we didn't have the volume on in, in the studio at the start of the game. Where there's, I saw some, some Twitter. Uh, well, let's get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. I, I just, what are we going to do now? Either way, I, I, I we'll get to it now. That's fine. We mentioned the crowd. Um, so what happened was the Kansas City Chiefs come out and they, uh, they came out on the field and they, there were multiple songs sung, the anthem, et cetera. Uh, did they kneel during the anthem? They did. Something. Only one person knelt during the anthem. One guy knelt during the anthem. The Houston Texans were not present during the anthem. They stayed in the locker room. There were a lot of guys who I think were planning to kneel and they all decided we'd better off to stay in the locker room. Uh, they came out afterwards. Then everybody met at midfield and locked arms in a show of unity. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, apparently are very close and kind of becoming good friends and believe they're going to see a lot of battles like this. Assuming Bill O'Brien gets out of Deshaun Watson's way. And uh, they, they linked up arms, and the crowd booed them. Now, presumably the uh, – Was that clear I, on the audio? I don't think so. Okay. But it's hard to determine exactly what else they would have been booing. I think the crowd was booing, uh, what they thought was like, I don't think they were booing racial unity because that would be, that'd be a weird thing to boo. <laughs> I think, I think they were, I think it was probably inebriated Midwestern people booing the idea of protesting the national anthem, which is not actually what's happening. Look, to give them the benefit of the doubt, they could actually be booing that they're delaying the start of football, which they've been waiting for. People boo things all the time. Now, to take away the benefit of the doubt, they then started, they then lost into the tomahawk chop. So, you know, not a great, not a great look. Um, and Chris Collinsworth, uh, it was a weird scene when he, when he said something, he goes, Al, I, I just want to say that I stand behind these players a hundred percent. Now let's announce the football. And it, it was like, okay, are you, are you being short on purpose or did somebody tell you not like, did somebody tell you not to say something, but you felt like you had to say something? It was a weird little scene. Al Michaels had nothing to say. Um, well, well Collinsworth didn't get to do his Collinsworth slide. So he was just off his game to start off. But it, Collinsworth know. said it. And then he was in this, like, he like, he was like, hmm, like made this little, like weird face. Like he's maybe like, it was in response to the booing. I don't know, but it, I don't know. I yeah. think you would have to ask someone who was at the game because it was, right. I thought it was tough to tell on TV and I absolutely, they could have been booing the unity. That is an absolutely a possibility. A really I think weird thing there's also boo. been a, I mean, fans boo whatever they want when they've been drinking, when you're out there, you hear somebody else boo all of a sudden you want to boo. If Wilson started booing you right now, I would start booing. Booing's contagious. That's just Wait. what happens. But Wait. I will say what someone was inebriated 
and pick the Steelers to finish last in the division. <laughs> so anything can happen. Hey, look, if you want to see me get inebriated while we do this podcast, go to youtube.com slash pick six. You can watch me drink uh, some wild hills, Pinot Noir. Well, I shouldn't show you how much is left in that bottle, huh? Um, <laughs> but so, so real quick to the Open billing, it is that it, it, it's also possible that, you know, fans were annoyed that the Chiefs were interlocking hands with the Texans. Uh, I also read a couple tweets that there were people running around and doing things during what was supposed to be a moment of silence and people were annoyed by that. Uh, so there's a bunch of theories. None of them are good. Just don't boo during a moment of silence. How about right. that? Just be the, the moral of the story here. And, and there was also like, it wasn't clear to the broadcast team and to NBC what was happening. And so I think it was probably obviously not very clear to what was happening to the player or to, to the fans who were there. Like they were like, we're being told this is maybe what happens. And then we're going to get some football. I, 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 I don't I, think I, they're booing. Mahomes just tweet in there for you to read. Okay. You want me to Mahomes being down there? I honestly didn't hear a lot of booing. I've seen a little bit of the videos after we want to show unity and show we are going to come together and fight the good fight. And we hope our fans will support us like they do in the game every single day. Uh, Adidas also aired multiple commercials with Patrick Mahomes uh, talking about unity and, and, and saying a lot of good things. And so there was a, the, the, the vibe was ever present throughout the game uh, with intermittent, uh, Republican and Democrat presidential campaign ads, which, whew, by the way, definitely added some spice to that whole thing. I mean, these, these things are pretty intense, man. Like, I'm not going to try to talk politics. I'm saying both sides are like cranking it up to 14. JJ Watt definitely thought the fans were booing the moment of unity. Okay. So right. I, his quote real quick was the moment of unity. I personally thought was good. I mean, the booing during that moment was unfortunate. I don't fully understand that. Uh, there was nothing involved other than two teams coming together to show unity. And that was from, uh, James Palmer TV. So he obviously thought the fans were doing TV, James, James, Palmer, James, Palmer, James Palmer TV on Twitter. Uh, yeah. So he obviously thought the fans were booing the moment. Do you think maybe it was the Texans offense pre booing Bill O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's get to some football. We do yeah, let's talk football. Right. I mean, I mean, look, it's, it's part of the conversation that's going to happen around the NFL this year and, and, and sports in general. Not politicizing it, iTunes reviewers. We're just telling you what happened. Um, but yeah, the, the bill. So what's the bigger story here in terms of the running backs that the Chiefs drafted the next superstar running back in Clyde Edwards Hilaire with their first round pick and he went absolutely bananas and looked great. Um, for Kansas City running for a total of 138 rushing yards on 25 carries and one touchdown. It really could have been two touchdowns or even three touchdowns. Um, a long of 27 yards. He was fantastic at three, uh, or, or was the story that Bill O'Brien is hell bent on justifying his trade of just DeAndre Hopkins for, uh, David Johnson and he's going to feed him 40 times a game when he's not losing, even when he is losing by 17 points. What's the bigger story here, Ryan? Uh, I think it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, by the way, that Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the stats you read, obviously very impressive. He was targeted one time in the passing game, which is uh, twice, very, twice actually, twice, one, okay. one, very yeah. un Ceh like. But I'm sure that'll change. So something worth noting: the the Chiefs, at least in the first three quarters or so, played a lot of six man box, two deep safeties. So ideally, they were happy letting them run the ball. The she, uh, the Texans right. were. Um, it sort of blew up in their face. You're saying, you're saying no, 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 the Texans. Play, the, the Texans set up on a defense designed, and this yeah. is where Andy Reid always chess, chess, like gets you in chess. 
they set up a defense designed to be like, hey, look, we're not letting you throw deep on us. We're not letting Tyreek Hill go He's up smart. top. Yeah, and but the Chiefs responded by pounding the ball down their throats. Death by a thousand Clyde Edwards Alaric carries, basically. So I mean other teams may copycat that, but at the end of the day, the Chiefs still got to thirty four points. So that, that's the math you have to do. That's more impressive to me than David Johnson. I think David Johnson blew my doors off in terms of how well he played because I had very low expectations. I think his over under was seventy nine and a half for total yards. He he got past that. Uh, it's 77 rushing yards and um, 32 maybe. Uh, he, he he cleared it pretty right. easily. Um, so that that's good news. The Texans, meanwhile, have about 27 other problems to work out. Uh, the two possessions that you're referring to, so the Chiefs' first possession, eight plays, 21 yards, and a punt. And, by the way, I'm going to sort of tell something out of school here, but I want to make fun of them for it. Um I'm on a text thread, as I mentioned all the time, with Pete Prisco and Jamie Eisenberg and, and a, another former coworker of ours. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's first three carries were not were not great. They were like lined up out of like a like single back or like an I form or something. And uh, we had this text from Pete. He looks tentative. We're like, well, I mean, Pete, it's three carries. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know if he should be the first pick in anybody's fantasy draft. <laughs> we spent the entire night just beating him because like every carry after that from Edwards Hilaire was just, it was the opposite of him. And maybe he didn't be like, I like, I don't even think Pete's wrong. Like he wasn't attacking the hole or wasn't very comfortable. But then they sort of shifted formations and got him into spots like shotgun runs and draws. And I mean, he was, he was popping the hole left and right. He was cutting, he was moving. He looked he looked like a Brian Westbrook, a, like a LaShawn McCoy type, a Maurice Jones Drew. I think a lot of people compared him to and all of that checks out. And for me, I think it's a bigger story that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is awesome because the Chiefs upgraded their offense somehow. Like they had the best offense in football and now they're even better. And these two drives that I'm talking about after that eight play 21 yard driver they punted, they go 11 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. That is demoralizing. And then 16 plays, 86 yards, uh, nine minutes and four seconds off a Texans punt for another touchdown to take a 14 to seven lead. That's the longest drive of Patrick Mahomes' career. And the Texans defense was at the most plays he's ever had in his career, um, for a touchdown drive. And the Texans defense was absolutely gassed at that point. And you just felt like, the only way Houston could respond was to crank it up and turn it into the shootout and to let Deshaun Watson cook. And instead they just kept running David Johnson. I'll just but say also this, that's but, not a possibility to do that because Bill O'Brien's handcuffing that offense. Bill O'Brien was in midseason form tonight. That's the thing that impressed me the most. See, we had a pandemic shortened offseason and somehow that man did not miss a beat. And I, it, starting with the fourth and four, uh, on their third possession from the 50 yard line. That's absolutely cowardly. I think, you know, anything over fourth and five, I'm not really going to fight, but you're playing the Chiefs in Kansas City, uh, after they scored 51 or whatever straight points on you in that playoff game. So you know, they could easily outscore you and you punt it from fourth and four on at midfield. And then what do the Chiefs do? They go down straight, score a touchdown. At that point, it was game over. Breach, do you know, remember I was actually watching the rewatching the week six game where the Texans went into KC last year and won fourth and three late in the fourth quarter about the 38-yard line uh, on the Chiefs' side. Billy O'Brinson goes for it. They get it. They win the game. So he may argue. I don't know what his comments have been tonight. Well, it was, we didn't have preseason. We're just a new blah, blah, blah. I think you're sort of shooting yourself in the foot. And I'll say one last thing, Brinson, before you follow up. Oh, um, Here's the Texans' defensive game plan, which I don't think anyone would have followed. I wasn't raising my hand. I was scratching my beard. Oh, okay. 
So the Texans game plan that no one would have any issue with, I would imagine, uh, three hours before the game. We are going to make the Chiefs uh, least experienced youngest player beat us, and he literally beat them like like a drum. I mean, not much in Tyreek. We saw Kelsey a little bit early. Patrick Mahomes was good, but he wasn't like lights out Patrick Mahomes. No, no, he was a little off for sure. Marcus Robinson dropped two touchdowns in the early in the, in the first half. So eh, let's see what Clyde Edwards-Alaire does, and he just absolutely dominated. Well, and I, that, think- the, the, I was going to say the offensive line. Like Kelechi Assembly was a monster. They, yeah. were, he was, they were moving the Texans off their spot. J.J. Watt was like kind of a non-factor for most of the game, and that's hard to do for a perfectly healthy J.J. Watt. And, and two quick things to the to the, running the ball all the time. But getting my fun fact of the podcast right now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, – he ran the ball, what, 25 times, I think. The Chiefs ran the ball 34 times in the game. Here is your fun fact. The Chiefs ran the ball 30 or more times, zero times last season. And they've already done it in the first game. And honestly, watching the Chiefs offense on Thursday night, it really felt like Andy Reid kind of went vanilla. He just said, you know what, we're just going to give the ball to the rookie until the Texans slow us down. Uh, and if they do, we'll let Pat throw the ball a few times. If they don't, we're just going to keep feeding him. It he, was like he, – He couldn't see. He's like, <laughs> just, just keep just keep handing the ball off. And Pat Patrick Mahomes was like, what, man? We Can we throw it? I, I want to rack up a few passing well, yards I here. mean, like there's nothing funny about, you know, mask and all, and all this stuff. But like the face shield thing and like it was like at first, on the first series, it was like just fogged up around his – Mouth where he was like calling the plays, and then by the end of it, it looked like a like like some sort of uh who are the bad guys in Star Wars the the it looked like a stormtrooper Storm mask. Trooper. It was so fogged up, it was like borderline uh opaque. Mahomes, yeah, had, your your buddy Mina Kimes actually had a funny tweet about. It. She said uh by the end of the game, that face mask looks like the person with bad internet getting on a Zoom call. <laughs> That's pretty good. You, you can't even make them out. Um, so Mahomes had just one passing attempt over twenty yards. At halftime, 16 pass attempts, 16 rush attempts. The, the Chiefs, as Breach points out, they were, they set the record last year for fewest rush attempts per game by a Super Bowl champion. This is a team that did not run the ball. Andy Reid has always passed the ball 60% of the time. I really think that, and maybe this, maybe this factored into their drafting Clyde over to Lair because they drafted him in the middle of a pandemic was, Hey, like we need, we, we're going to have to be a little more balanced and a little more simple out of the gate. And I've been saying this. I feel like I've been saying this. I mean, maybe, maybe I just say so much that nobody hears it, but like teams that simplify things and run smart teams are going to simplify things and run the ball a ton. Anybody who's trying to be complicated with an NFL offense out of the gate in 2020 with this offseason is going to struggle. Like you're not going to just come out of the gates firing on all cylinders with your passing game. Mahomes was off. I mean, that they, they were he and his receivers were not on the same page, and how could they be? They're not going to get there until probably like October at this rate. And I mean, I way, thought Mahomes made maybe two bad throws. He only threw. I'm not saying he was bad, but they were they weren't like he missed a couple of guys, and he, like, I mean, they took away Tyreek Hill, and they they did a, like sort of try to nullify Travis Kelsey for the most part. So they were forced to use Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, and they just they weren't on the same page. Completely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Week one, Sammy showed up, baby. Don't take anything from Sammy Watkins. And Mahomes was on the same page as Demarcus Robinson. Demarcus Robinson just wasn't reading the book. He just I, – Ryan, Ryan not, mentioned the two touchdown drops. I mean, that was ugly. Those were strikes. I'm not blaming Patrick Mahomes. He was he, 24 he 32 for 300, 211 yards and three touchdowns. But it was very he's clear. He's a what? He has been sharper in the way he's played. There's no doubt about it. For sure. He's been sharper. And I just think Andy Reid underst- understands that – 
he's going to win a little differently for the first month or so of the season. And I think and they're going to also, I heard breach point this out on, on HQ on uh, Thursday afternoon, 18 and 22 starters returned for the chiefs. Um, the Texans, meanwhile, traded DeAndre Hopkins for a running back. Mm. All right. So the Texans, mm. the Texans, Billy or Brinson, you know what? We'll tell you what Billy or Brinson did wrong after the break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Okay, so the Houston Texans finished with 20 total points. And I got to say, I mean, whether you're on Twitter or you're texting with your friends or whatever, or Slack chatting it, whatever it is, everyone on the planet except Bill O'Brien is wondering why the hell, like, they, they wouldn't stop running the football. It was unbelievable. I wrote down in this, in our, in our, in our rundown, I was like, what is Bill, Bill O'Brien doing with his game plan? He's running the football with Duke Johnson down 17 in the second half three times and then punting. And then he didn't even try to get an extra snap before the third quarter down 17 in the second half. Like they had five or 10 seconds where they could get a playoff and just try to get the play and just keep it moving and get some tempo. And when they actually got tempo, it looked like the team was operating well. Will Fuller was begging for it to get open on a deep ball from Deshaun Watson. The offensive line wasn't very good, but it felt like this was a, I'm going to show you how good David Johnson is game that started out well and then backfired for Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I mean, look, here's, here's what I'll say real quick with 12 minutes left in the third quarter Deshaun, or in the fourth quarter, 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter, Deshaun Watson had thrown fewer than 20 passes. And here's why that is a problem to me. You just paid this quarterback $156 million. You're playing a Chiefs defense. Uh, their top corner is suspended, Bashar Breeland. Uh, their other top corner, I think, was out with a hand injury, um, Ward. And Sorry, so, man. and now you have a rookie out there. And, and why aren't you trying to dice these guys up? Like, I know it seems like Bill O'Brien spent the first three quarters trying to justify the David Johnson trade and, and, and the fact that he got him in the field. But, like, you have a rookie out there. The Chiefs are down their two best corners, and you paid your quarterback $156 million. That is the guy you should be using to attack the Chiefs' secondary, which theoretically would have been their weakness. But they didn't do that. He just said, you know what, we're just going to keep running down the throat and Bill O'Brien doing Bill O'Brien things. And, and you can't beat a good team with your coach coaching like that. So we make fun of Bill O'Brien, the general manager, but we sort of give Bill O'Brien the coach a pass because they win football games. But I wonder, are we going to look back in five years and go, they squandered about two and a half wins a year because Bill O'Brien does the things that Breach just talked about? Because, yes, he gets a pass because he does really well in terms of winning football games that maybe a lot of us didn't think he would win. But I feel like he's leaving a lot of games on the table, right? I mean, like, 
this one's tough. And it's just, it's, it's sort of like the playoff game last, you know, in, 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 in January. Like, it, like they were up 24 nothing, and normally you're going to get a, like bludgeoned publicly for losing a game where you're up 24 nothing. But the Mahomes and the Chiefs came back so quickly that I was like, well, what are you, you know, what are you going to do? Bill like, O'Brien gave up a 24 nothing lead and got promoted to general manager. <laughs> he got a promotion. <laughs> he got to, got to trade his second best player. Um, this one felt a little different in the sense that the Chiefs never completely put the Texans out of it. I mean, there's two soul-crushing drives that we're talking about. Definitely, like, look, it was 14-7. You're like, oh, I'm holding this cheap, this Texans plus 10 ticket, and I'm not <laughs> getting a little warm here. But, you know, you knew that you had a chance to, like, crawl back into it. It it just felt like the, the Texans had no interest in opening up their offense and trying to attack with their skill position guys. And remember, we talked all offseason, like, what is the Texans' offense going to look like? Is it going to be feed David Johnson? And then when you're trailing or you have a long, a third, a second or third and long, Deshaun Watson drops back and tries to hold the ball for a long time and see if Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks and, and Kenny Stills can get open. And you know, the problem with that, if that is the offense is that, you know, he might take a bunch of shots because he holds the ball too long and it feels a little like the Cam Newton offense that, that, that uh, you know, they used to run in Carolina. And that is what they did. That's what they did. Like Deshaun Watson's holding the ball way too long. He's trying to scramble out from pressure. Tyus Howard was getting abused on, on the side. And I get that, you know, it's early in the season and, you know, this offensive line has to come along. But like Deshaun Watson was under siege by a Kansas City defense that was really good at the end of last year, but isn't necessarily elite. Well, here's here's the problem. Um, number one, Duke Johnson got hurt. So last year, the uh, the Texans I think had 34 snaps with two backs in the in the backfield at the same time. Carlos Hyde was the back at the time. So I think there's going to be more of that because David Johnson is more of a pass catcher than Carlos Hyde was. But Duke Johnson's out, so that's one weapon. Uh, so that's clearly a concern. But to your point, it ain't like the uh, the Chiefs uh, front front seven is getting after the passer. So if you're getting hit as the Texas offensive line of Deshaun Watson, that's an issue, especially when, uh, let me check my notes. Week two, Baltimore. Week three, Pittsburgh. Week four, Minnesota. So that, that's problematic for an 0-1 team that did not look great. That's Yeah, there's fun fact number two. They play the Ravens in week two. Uh, they just played Patrick Mahomes. That's two MVPs. They played the last two MVPs. They're the first team since 2005 to open their season like someone in the NFL scheduling office hates him because that's brutal. And as Ryan said, you have the Steelers in week three and Vikings in week four. There's an easy path to 0 and 4 right there. What well, does the GM do with, with Bill O'Brien if they go 0 and 4? Bill, look, you got, you guys need to understand something. Bill O'Brien's not going anywhere. I'm joking. I said, I, I, know, I, know, I know, but people were like, Bill O'Brien's on the hot seat, right? No, he's not. He's the GM. He's the head coach. The guy who hired him died. And the guy who replaced, the owner died. Oh. He's replaced by his son, who's like, like, you know, it's like, his son's not going to fire Bill O'Brien. Like he's Bill O'Brien. He made Bill O'Brien the GM and then Bill O'Brien signed to Sean Watson to a contract extension. He let him double down on trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and signing to Sean Watson. To, like Bill O'Brien's locked in for five years minimum. He ain't going even, even for, if he starts, uh, like, oh, and eight. Who's firing him? Uh, the Sean person who's in charge of the team right now. Hal McNair ain't firing him. Deshaun Watson's firing him. Oh, Deshaun Watson issues statements publicly, getting his back all the time. 
And look, this team might end up winning nine or nine games, whatever it is. I mean, they, they did play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a really good football team. The stretch of games coming up is very difficult, but I don't think that this game plan is going to be successful. If John Harbaugh is licking his friggin' chops right now. Well, the difference is that, as John pointed out, they have Lamar Jackson MVP, but the Ravens defense is about four times better than the Chiefs defense. So that's, that's eh. the big issue. What do you mean, eh? I think it's probably better, but I don't, like, I think the Chiefs, the Chiefs play pretty well. I, but again, I just we're, we just talked about they ran the ball 50 times that the Texans did and, and a lot of if mind situations. If you are, and there was this, I'm not trying to call out Collinsworth and Al Michaels because they're, they're good at their jobs. But part of broadcasting is that you sit down with the, you know, the coaches and you talk to them throughout the week and you prepare for them in this pre-production meetings and you get information from them that you then weave into the broadcast as a way of, you, you know, it's analysis. You don't, you don't say like Bill O'Brien, you know, some stuff you don't say Bill O'Brien told us, but they kept repeating over and over again that they felt that the offense was too predictable with DeAndre Hopkins because they knew where the ball was going to go late. And that was one of the things that concerned them. That is obviously a spoon fed nugget in a pre-production meeting from Bill O'Brien and the coaching staff where they are trying to hammer home the fact that DeAndre Hopkins made the offense too predictable. So we needed to get David Johnson and mix it up and, and keep Deshaun Watson from locking in on a target. Now, there's a viable argument that you don't want to be just completely locking in on, on, on DeAndre Hopkins. But, and, and I didn't think Brandon Cooks, I didn't think the passing game was bad. But if the offense is going to be all David Johnson all the time, and then you're just mixing in these passers, I, I mean, it ain't going to work. I will say this. I thought David Johnson did a great job. I thought Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. I like him a lot. He's, he's a top five young quarterback. Holds the ball too long. Yeah, but he, we, he's done, we know that's him, but Will Fuller balled out. And one yes. of the concerns was, how are they going to replace DeAndre Hopkins? And the other concern is, can Will Fuller stay healthy? Through week one, he did. Randall Cobb was a non-factor. There's a lot of conversation how he was going to fill some of the, the slot roles that DeAndre Hopkins left behind. Uh, Brandon Cooks flashed a little bit early, so they have to figure that out. But, um, hats off to Will Fuller for, for, for balling out. So, I mean, like, was the offense, like, substantially different? Like, you have 10 targets for Will Fuller on eight catches. And he had 112 yards. But he's, I drafted him in every league I'm in. I think he's going to have a huge season. He's going to have a huge target share. He's going to ball out all season. But, like, I what? Did, did you know that for sure, though? I mean, Antonio Brown left and Juju Smith Schuster disappeared. I feel pretty confident. Will Fuller's good. Okay. I bet him, I bet, I bet that he would have three touchdowns tonight. You also bet Trent Williams winning the comeback player of the year. Oh, long, yeah. I also bet you that Devontae Parker would have more yards than Sammy Watkins after. And yeah, that blew up my face. Yeah, Sammy Watkins, by the way. Watkins watch 2020, seven catches, 82 yards, one touchdown. Week one, uh, Sammy. Over, under, 82 and a half receiving yards for Sammy Watkins between now and the Super Bowl. Under. Way <laughs> under. <laughs> um, hey, what's the chance that Sammy Watkins would go off again in which, week one? Oh, you know, but you know what's crazy? I think Sammy Watkins might have more receiving yards in 2020 than anyone else. He had a big Super Bowl too. That's right. That's right. Well done. 
You know what's crazy is we talk about Bill O'Brien and the Texans offense, but what do you think was a bigger letdown for Houston in this game, their offense or their defense? I was about to ask whose defense is better, the Texans or the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs is way better. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely do think that. I thought the Texans' defense couldn't come up with any big stops. Whenever the Chiefs needed to do something, they kind of did it. It felt like they were just going through the motions, kind of just playing with the Texans like a cat playing with a ball of yarn, and they got serious every once in a while, and they'd go down and score. And I really thought the biggest difference in this game was – the Texans missing that 51 yard field goal. The Chiefs, it was 14 to seven. Then the Chiefs have the ball with 25 seconds before halftime. They go down, they get a field goal 17 to seven. First possession to start the second half, get a touchdown. Now it's 24 to seven. Once it was 24 to seven, it was game over. Like there was no way that the Texans were coming back on that. And those were the, the Houston's defense couldn't get a stop in either of those situations. They couldn't get a stop on a 25 second drive right before halftime to let the, Chiefs get in field goal range, and then they couldn't get a stop to start the second half. And by the end of that um, 24-7, the beginning of the first, uh, the second half there, Breach, you talked about they scored. I think the time of possession was something like 22 to 10. In favor. Oh, it was bad. It was and bad. They were, they, as you talked about a second ago, Brenton, the, the Texas D was absolutely gassed. Also something we haven't talked about, into the third quarter, the 17 seconds that just – I still have mentioned that, like – Bill O'Brien's like, well, let's just get to the fourth quarter. He's like, what are you down 17? Run a play. He's like the blackjack dealer. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cooler. It's like, you, you don't think that 17 seconds matters. You get a free timeout after this play. Like, you can call any play you want. And you got plenty of time to get it in. You get a free timeout and a free break to dial up another script and get ready to go score. And if you do, you're kind of back in the game. It, it was, that was, that was depressing. There's a lot of that from Bill O'Brien where you feel like he's like, Meh. We lost. I mean, like, you just feel like it's over. And the Texans had 360 yards and the Chiefs 369. I mean, they, they weren't like, like horrendously outgained in terms of total yardage. 21 first downs to 28. 25 minutes of possession to 34 minutes, 35 minutes of possession. And that actually caught up towards the end there. It was more than that. Breach, let me ask you this. And I'm not joking. I'm just being serious because you, you have experience with this. So knowing the Texans and they, they usually win nine, 10, 11 games and they, blow their fans' minds in the, in the playoffs in terms of losing. Would you rather be that guy? Ooh. Or as a Bengals fan, would you rather just go 4-12 and 12 and just say, all right, this is good. I'm just going to ride it out, and then next season will be the year? No, I want to get to the playoffs. I don't care if it's a loss every season. Cause, because really? every time you're in that playoff game, before it kicks off, you think you can win. Sure, by the second quarter, you're probably down <laughs> 17 to nothing. You know it's over, and it's going to be waiting till next year. But for that quarter and a half that you're in the postseason, okay. there is that hope that that playoff win is finally coming. And Texans fans are always thinking, hey, look, we get to the postseason. Eventually, we'll get to the AFC Championship game. They're not even thinking Super Bowl because the Texans have never even made it to the AFC Championship. And that's what their fans are thinking. We can win this division, maybe get to the AFC title game. So I think they would absolutely take the playoff berth every day. I think most fans would. Would you rather have 10 straight years of playoff bursts, playoff losses, first-round playoff losses, or or one Super Bowl berth in nine years of five losses? Or five wins, excuse me. Uh, The Super Bowl berth. I would take one Super Bowl, and so nine years of no playoff berths. Oh, you're and the, terrible for nine years, and you get but one the one Super year you're good. You go to the Super Bowl. I'll take the Super Bowl versus years. ten years. You don't even win. Of, you don't even win the Super Bowl. No, you, no, you don't win because obviously you would take the Super Bowl win. But well, then, and then, the, none the of the other times of, of what, playing what, with Bill O'Brinson, like watching <laughs> Billy O'Brinson do the exact same things over and over again. 
Yeah, so you go four and twelve for nine years in a row, and then the tenth year you get a Super Bowl berth. Or you go ten and six ten years in a row, but you lose the first playoff game you play every year. Is this like a COVID Super Bowl berth where fans aren't allowed to attend the game? You can go. Okay, if I can go, then I want the Super Bowl berth. But you have to walk around with me. And <laughs> but you know what's funny is that seventeen second thing, I really think epitomizes we talk a lot about Bill O'Brien making these mental mistakes in games and the decisions he makes. And, you know, we don't always come up with 20 examples per game, but it's little things like that, and they add up. And eventually, you know, you're playing a good team. You're not going to win making those mistakes. And losing 17 seconds might not seem like a big deal. You're losing you're making, a free play. You could be losing multiple. If you call a pass play and it goes incomplete. Points. And they came out in the fourth quarter. The second play of the fourth quarter was the interception that iced the game. So maybe that doesn't happen if you're running these plays uh, in the third quarter and the Chiefs don't have a chance to rest uh, when you're switching sides at the end of the quarter. So it's just insane that he would let that happen. All right. The Chiefs are uh the Chiefs are back. Chiefs look great. I would be uh well what's what's up next for these teams? We said the the Texans play the Ravens. And the Chiefs are at the Chargers. All right, let's assume that the Ravens hold serve against the Browns at home as eight and a half point favorites on in week one. What do we think the week two line is? Is it at Baltimore? Houston at Baltimore? It's in Houston. Baltimore at Houston. What is uh are they have the Fans there? Probably not, right? Uh, I don't know the Texans. There's only two teams. Right. It's Kansas City and Jacksonville. Oh, right, yeah. And so, the Colts, yeah. the Cowboys, and I think the uh So Dolphins. the Texans aren't doing fans, Dolphins. but the Cowboys no, aren't? No. The Texans, I don't think, will have fans in week one. But it's play it by ear after that. Okay. So my line is minus four. I was going to say minus three Ravens. You're saying minus four Ravens, right? You're not saying the Texans are fans. Right, right, right. right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, that's probably right. That's a good. That's a good call. I think I actually bet on that right now. So I find it. But then Chiefs Chargers, because you look at we just talked about how the Chiefs have covered in ten straight games, and also Patrick Mahomes is like Superman of September. Uh, Debo's got the stats here: eight touchdown passes, or twenty six touchdown passes, zero interceptions, and he's eight and zero all time in the month of September. I mean, that seems like. Uh, an obvious bet, no matter what the point spread is, and the game is in LA, so it might not be a, a, a huge point spread there. Could you imagine if the Chargers lose to the Bengals in Week One? What this point spread will be in Week Two? Chargers, uh, Chiefs, Chiefs would be minus nine. But if the Chargers beat the Bengals, maybe like minus five or six. The early, the opening, the preseason odds was minus five and a half, and the Ravens at Texans preseason was Ravens minus six. Yeah. That's a lot. Are you think- gonna, if you, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. If the, if the Ravens are playing the Texans and the Ravens are minus three, I, I saw, um, uh, Spoon in Vegas. This is, I think his Twitter handle, Spoonier. Uh, anyway, what a, a gambling, gambling dude. He's like, you know what is stupid? This like sharp thing where you're like, I got to bet against the best teams in football. Like maybe we just stop doing it. You're like maybe we just don't need to be, adorable and take the Texans plus nine and a half. Maybe we just don't have to do that. Maybe we just take the Chiefs and and realize that the Chiefs, with Andy Reid coming off a bye, are going to beat the snot out of the Texans. Worth noting, Todd Furman took the Chiefs. He was like, ah, I'm not even messing around with the Texans. You start, you start turning into the Bill O'Brien of betting when you do that. You outthink yourself and you'll lose. That's what happens. <laughs> of course it does. Um, 
the Billy O. Brinson of betting is Will Brinson. Oh my God. Debo was looking, went to Twitter to look for something and, and there was a Mike's Hard Lemonade ad on his Twitter, uh, Twitter feed. And he had told us earlier on his, how does that, is it on your computer? Are you running it through your computer? Yeah, it's on my laptop. They're listening, man. Yep. That's, I mean, he that's said, I'm drinking you. a Mike's Hard Lemonade and there's a promoted Mike's Hard Lemonade tweet in his feed within 30 minutes. Now, let me say that this conversation actually started because we thought Debo was drinking milk at uh, midnight. <laughs> and we were giving him this crazy look like, dude, why are you drinking milk? What are you doing at midnight with milk in your hand? And he actually looked a little ashamed, like, uh, should I just say it's milk? Because I don't want to tell him what it really is when, in fact, it was Mike's Hard Lemonade. I might have a milk after this while I'm editing <laughs> this podcast. Post Mike's Hard. Strawberry milk? You're going to follow up on Mike's Hard Lemonade with milk? There's Our no board. rules. That, That's uh, a little bit of a palate thing. I will. I can't make fun of Debo because I'm drinking uh, hard seltzer. I am drinking Sweetwater Sweetwater 420. Now makes seltzers. Everybody has a seltzer. It's I didn't ins- know they had one. I bought it. It's delicious. Uh, there's a lo- Mother Earth Brewing in Kinston, North Carolina, makes this thing called Cersei, and the seltzers are delicious. But um, I can't. They get make me too. Uh, they make me too gassy. I start burping too much. Too much seltzer gets me too much. More of a, I'm more of a beer man. Who would have thought that Brinson, who drinks more than all three of us combined, that his weakness would be seltzer? <laughs> I just don't like it. I don't, I it's your was, kryptonite. I thought uh, Breach was going to say, who would imagine that, that Brinson would be gassy? <laughs> <laughs> My wife certainly doesn't think that. Um, all right. This, I guess the show is officially ended at this point when we're talking about this. Uh, Ryan, you've got to go back to your hotel room, which you, you volunteered. By the way, kudos to you. You volunteered to go to Stanford, Connecticut and work for the weekend. Knowing you had to do a show on Thursday, but you couldn't drive back because you got to stay Sunday night. So you are going to spend, correct me if I'm wrong, the next two days lounging around a hotel by yourself with no family. No, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'm going to do a hit tomorrow, Stanford. And how long is that hit? I don't think it's very long. <laughs> it's a little staycation for and you. Saturday huh? I'll be working because I have to, I'm a college. Oh, you do cover college football. So you're going to get a chance to. You're gonna lie. You're gonna lie in a hotel bed and watch college football. For so on, fr- on Friday, though, you can check out the sights and sounds of Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> it's like you read my mind, Breach. I mean, good, no, good on you. Look, we were like, why is Ryan doing this? What are you talking about? This is, I mean, this is work, this is, man. This is work. This is work. What are you talking about? I'm not Ryan gonna on have fun all weekend. You gonna go out to eat? No, I usually Uber eats it up. Oh, to- you Uber eats? What? What do you mean? I mean, I guess you don't want to go out in public right now. But yeah, Uber, right, that's Uber Eats is a little safer than we do Postmates. That's safer than. Yeah, I would go. I mean, if, if regular, I would go out, sure. But. Right. So you're being socially responsible? Yeah. But well, he's got to go to the office, so he can't be, you know. Got my he can't be doing his normal Ryan thing where he's like, uns, uns, uns at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> right. I can only do it in the room. Finding the biggest dive bar in the state and right. staying there until 4 a.m. Right. Somebody's going to spot Ryan like walking back into his hotel room with like a half gallon of Tita's and <laughs> <laughs> 12 pack of Mike's Hard Lemonade. He's like, ooze, 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 just losing his mind going to party in his hotel room for 12 hours. Good for you, Ryan. Enjoy your staycation. <laughs> we'll talk to you on Sunday night for our signature show where we recap every single game on the NFL schedule. See you guys then. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. 
So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.